Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, my talkers, we're set for hour one of Lori and Julia. This is a new voice. Grant is with you guys from now on, hopefully having a good time, right? Yeah? We're going to have some fun? People are going, where's Rocco? What happened? We explained it last week, but basically Rocco has to get back to his real job of producing ads and making amazing games and fabulous promotions. Yes. And we needed a, a producer. So, Grant, welcome. Welcome aboard. Thank you, guys. We should have a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yes. We are, too. We're here. It's Monday. We've got to do our weekend claim to fame. Mm-hmm. I think we have the same one. Oh. You just, and I went on a boat on Lake Minnetonka on Saturday and afternoon. With Kevin and Deb. We had so much fun. It was like the per- perfect i had a perfect day because i played tennis the morning yes the boat ride it was so lovely i don't it think i've been on day. a boat ride in a couple of years on oh, lake minnetonka it was lovely. And my goodness there have been a lot of teardowns and a lot of rehabs out on that lake <laughs> oh yeah rebuilds yes yeah it's quite the museum the re- of mansions for it, sure yeah. it really is interesting to look at what people are doing i mean oh my gosh we saw so much new real estate out there yeah I yeah. love the views from the lake. It was just, it was so beautiful. I just forgot how much fun that is just to be cruising around in a big cabin cruiser. It was fun. On the, on the, is it the bow of the ship? The prow of the ship? I don't know. Who cares? The hood of the ship? Not, it's not a hood. <laughs> it's not a hood. But not it was, it was such you? a beautiful day. Graham, what was your weekend claim to fame? Did you have one? Uh, well, I worked a little bit here training in one of our new producers, That's Rachel. That's not a weekend That's claim not a to claim fame. to fame. But no. what, let's say, what did I do on Saturday? Actually, you know what? I spent a good time with my dad because Father's Day is next weekend. He decides to go on a fishing trip every year, sands me mm-hmm. on Father's Day. So we spent Father's Day this weekend. We got some Minnetonka drive-in nice. out there. And, and had some fun, so hung, hung out with the old man. Yeah, which good. Is good. Do you yeah. guys golf together a lot? Uh, not so much anymore. We okay. used to all the time. Father's Day was always our biggest day of the year because we used to be in the golf business, right. as a lot of our listeners know. So we were. I was always working. I never really got to to enjoy Father's Day. But we used to golf more. Now that he's a little bit older, he uh, he doesn't golf as much. So now we kind of yeah. hang out and watch golf if we can. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, I had a one little humbling moment with um the grandkids this weekend Mm -hmm. so i'm a glamma to casey's you know his son had two children so really grant i've never been a mom you Mm -hmm. know yes his kids were casey's kids were 11 and 13 when we got married but i mean the boy was only home for five years and then he moved you know what i mean it's not that long more than little kids okay so this this the seven-year-old and the five-year-old stayed with us Starting this was yesterday. the first overnight. It's the first overnight. They would have started last year, but then COVID happened. 
So, yes. you know, yeah. and, and at three and five, I think, you know, that's a little young, especially like a three-year-old. I remember I was like in kindergarten, when first start grade, when I started staying at my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so they get there, but Casey's got so many plans. World's greatest grandpa. I call him <laughs> Grandpa Trampoline. He said, don't worry, just be in charge of food and maybe we can it. have a tea party. And, you know, uh, I said, oh, I, I get, we can play music and I let him jump on my bed uh-huh. okay um so you're the opposite like my grandma love her to death but every time i would go hang out with her it was like rules times 10 so everything i could do at my house i could never do at grandma's house so i always got in trouble oh, oh. yeah no 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 we, <laughs> we were but just my little bits here and there that i did with them and then um you know i i had to lay down for a half hour at like 4 30 yesterday because they from had, exhaustion from exhaustion from watching them <laughs> jumping on trampolines running through sprinklers and then we watched this really cute movie, really good kids movie, The Magic Dragon. Four stars. What was it up. on? I don't know, but it was yeah. an animated movie that okay. came out whenever it came out, but it was called The Magic Dragon. And um, it's 10 o'clock now, and I'm thinking, oh, good, everyone's ready for bed. Oh, yeah. Casey's like, come on, everybody, put on our headlight headlamps, and we're going over to St. Thomas to run around the track. And run after these glow-up, light-up balls. Last night at 10 o'clock? Yeah, because it was dark. He needed it to be fully dark. Oh, my gosh. So the kids put on their headlamps. Casey puts on his headlamp. I go, I'm I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay here. And uh, Charlie, the five-year-old, he goes, that's because you're old, Grandma. (laughs) Did you go then? No. Oh, you didn't. I you showed didn't him the ace bandage on my okay. knee, and I said, "You guys will move faster without me." <laughs> yeah. How much fun is that? Oh God, they had fun. They had so much fun, and they they were with us for like twenty four hours. And Casey was just, I'm just amazed at how much energy he has to play. Mm-hmm. You know, not me. Well, you took the nap. Yeah, yeah I did. No, and, you I, sk- and you skipped one of the fun activities. I, I, I uh-huh. certainly did. And Casey's running through the sprinkler. He's on the trampoline. Yesterday was so gorgeous. This was like the most beautiful weather it weekend. It really was lovely. Oh, anyway. my. And then I had to call you yesterday because I was like, oh, my God, this tennis match. I'm going to call Julia watching uh, the French Open, uh, Djokovic and uh, Sissy Bats. Titsy, I call him, the okay. hot Greek guy. And you weren't even watching it. Lori, I was you taping forgot. it, I thought. Okay. I was taping it, but I was taping the wrong channel because I always forget the finals are played on network. So I'm taping the tennis channel. Do you know that is the last time a finals will be broadcast on network television? Why? I don't know they... what happened with NBC or whoever has oh, been. really? Been, it's been happening since like the 60s. Or well, the this 70s is like NFL TV. is going grand. Aren't, isn't the NFL going to like Netflix or something? Aren't there a lot of weird things out there with Disney Plus is in the is in the works of working out a deal where they could get some access to the NFL Sunday ticket. And there is with their Thursday night games, they yep. are moving them to like YouTube and different platforms like never, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't watch things easy. Lori, I nope. didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah. I was glad you called me because I thought I was taping it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't taped this. That was an unbelievable tennis match. Mm-hmm. It was really good. And his grand titsy patses or titsy sitsipats. His grandmother had died like five minutes before he took to the court. And so he's such a beautiful man. He is Novak, a, I have new respect for. Oh, because he was behind. He was nothing. behind and he had such a 
match with Nadal. I mean, on Friday, that was intense. It was right. so fun. Tennis was fun. Oh, my gosh. Next up is Wimbledon. Yes, it is. And Djokovic gave his racket to this, like, 12-year-old boy who was sitting right in the first row. And the joy on this kid, jumping up and down, just could not believe it. And he, Djokovic, you know, just gives it to him. And then he told reporters later, he said he kept encouraging me and yelling things like, Hold your serve, get an easy first ball, and then dictate. <laughs> Go to his backhand. He was giving him coaching me literally, and I found that very cute and very nice. So I gave the racket oh my to the best person after the match. It was my gratitude for him sticking with me and yelling supportive things. That's, awesome. I, that's something. Well, the fans in, in the fans turn, you know, against everybody, you know, during a match because they want it to go on longer. So if someone's winning too easy, they'll vote for the underdog. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Blah blah blah. But I've never, I really have never seen anyone give a racket right away to somebody. I've never seen that. It was so cute, and apparently, um, the racket could appreciate quickly with Djokovic within one major title of tying tying Federer and Nadal for most all time by a major player. So if if uh, Djokovic secures 20 or more titles, it'll be worth between um, 50, 50 and 75000 But if he wins Wimbledon and the US Open, that racket will be worth $100,000. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. He just gave that kid. I'm in that game of selling that kind of right. game, you sports memorabilia. Yeah. Yeah. That kid... He did. He not only did he give him like a cool piece of memory, like a like a memorabilia, but the fact that he used that. Most guys don't, as you know, they want to keep that racket yes. for that tournament for luck. If they play well with it, yeah. they don't give that up. So the fact that he gave up that exact racket, that's a huge deal. But he, I mean, he gave him so much good coaching. Yeah, right. to that to me is really funny. Isn't it's beautiful. It? Yeah. yeah, that's so cute. All right, listen. When we come back, it's our story. We can't get enough of. Got a little Madonna. Story today, you guys. Actually, we have two Madonna stories. Mm-hmm. So, last night, Andy Cohen in his clubhouse it was the first time he had an audience. First time he was in the studio, and the guests were in the studio. And right. it was uh, Uzu Adabu, Adubo mm-hmm. and uh, John Benjamin Hickey, and they both star in Treatment on HBO. And John Benjamin Hickey, he's a character actor, shows up in lots of movies and TV shows, but he's good. Longtime friends with uh, Andy Cohen. Okay, he was uh, directing Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick in that Broadway show that they were going to oh, be on right, last right, March. Right, right. And he's just a real interesting guy. He played Laura Linney's brother in Showtime's The Big C, which is an amazing show. Anyway, they had really it was a fun, fun audience, and he appeared in the revival of Cabaret on Broadway. 20 years ago, and he's asked this by someone who asked him if he ever got starstruck looking at an audience. Have you ever been starstruck during a performance when you looked out at the crowd and saw a celebrity? Have I ever been starstruck by someone in the audience? When you, when you, yeah, okay. Yeah, I did uh, a long time ago, 20 some years ago, um, at the beginning of our friendship, I did a revival of the musical Cabaret. And I did it with the great Natasha Richardson and Alan Cumming. And uh, one night in the audience, Madonna was there. And we were all so excited that she was there. And and there were kind of lights on the, the end audience, of the story. <laughs> and Madonna, other, oh our leading lady, I know a lady who was not happy, came backstage with steam coming out of her ears. How 
dare she? And she was absolutely right. If you're going to come to the theater, don't sit and braid your hair. Have some manners, especially if all you know all eyes are on you. So I guess that was a version of being starstruck. Were you <laughs> not in the right way? Um, were you? But were you? Did, were you clocking her? Were you like, oh yes? Yeah, I know. I, I was back then. I still am that way a little bit. I get a little. Uh, you know, I put tunnel vision. Like I don't really, it's, especially if somebody famous is out there, somebody I respect a lot. I right. don't know if I respect her as an actor. Have you been on um, stage when movie killer? <laughs> Patty, <laughs> he's quoting Patty Lupone. Yeah, I um, are, have you been on stage uh, when Mar has Meryl been in any of your oh, audiences? Oh, she's been in a few, right? A few, uh, quite a few of them. I did Normal a play Heart. with her daughter. Normal Heart. Okay, that's I good, Rock. I mean, no, Grant. We're probably going to call hey, you Rocco a few times, or but Donnie. No but, worries. No worries. Just to, that's why we played Ray of Light at the beginning because uh, that Broadway revival of Cabaret opened in 98, the same year as Madonna's Ray of Light. And if you remember her whole look and everything was spiritual, navel gazing yoga. So maybe braiding your hair was, you know, like part of the thing. But can you, that, oh. that was like, I was like, I like that. That uh, teeth is she's sitting there braiding her hair during the whole performance. Well, well, and the whole thing is that everyone's watching Madonna because she's the big, huge star. And think of the year it is. It's 20 years ago. And she's the big, huge star in the audience. So everyone's going to watch her braid her hair. Yeah. How how annoying would that be? Well, steam was coming out of Natasha Richardson's ears. I believe according it. According to John Benjamin. I believe it. Hickey. And then she has been all over the place um, doing a lot of posts on Instagram. And if you remember, we talked about how um, she fired Diablo Cody mm -hmm. from writing her biopic uh, about herself. Well, and wait a minute. The mixed stories that were out well, there yes. were that they parted ways or they were done doing the, all the work. and the, the story they kept trying to get to stick was that they were done working on. Right. It was all in the done. I never believed it uh -huh. for a second. And then um, uh, apparently then uh, yesterday on Twitter, she shows um, sitting with my favorite biatch, I mean writer, Aaron Wilson, Wilson and it's a picture of the two of them. And so Erin is, she wrote like the screenplay for Secretary. She wrote the screenplay for Girl on the Train. And she's written some other ones. So sure. either they're working on what Madonna and Diablo came up with. And maybe there, there were creative differences maybe. in telling the story because... Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's her life. She gets to decide. I think it's a terrible idea that she's directing She's even it. involved, right. Yeah, and um, because it was, like, Truth or Dare was supposed to be a documentary about her, and then the director, this Alec, uh, Alex Cation. Uh, All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Chien convinced her, no, we need to cl- include the backup dancers because it gives a whole bigger picture of the whole. And of course, that's like one of the best concerts documentaries ever have you Truth never seen Truth Truth i've seen it i never yeah. would put it in the category of it's the best ever what year it's, a, it's really that's like good. in the mid 90s oh, yeah. right so i mean you know having that included like if madonna is just going to do like uh, all of her best of moments oh. like we saw the trouble Cher had with yes. her broadway revival and hopefully her biopic is not going to be the same thing but if we want a compelling we need storytelling maybe without madonna's hand in it so well, but it sounds like she's hand-in-hand hand with the writer. Oh, yeah. The new and, writer. Writer new number writer, two. But listen to this. So Madonna has a fan that says Queen on it in the Insta. And Aaron has the fan that says Biatch. Okay, so again, Madonna's in charge, and Aaron's going to dictate and write the way Madonna wants her to write. Mm-hmm. She must have needed a job. I mean, what a horrible... Well, because you know, are there any words from Diablo Cody at all about, you no, know... No, no. Clearly, Diablo got paid, whatever she got paid. Okay. Handed it in. First of all, I'm sure you sign an NDA before you even start the process. Of course. We're never okay. going to hear from Diablo. We're never going to hear about it. Maybe Aaron is fixed, you know, redoing things. We don't know which Madonna is directing. We don't know which Madonna's. The Madonna with the cheek implants. Who, the Madonna. Who knows? Well, let's get to the disturbing things about today, though. The oh. picture. Do the we picture? have time? The no, picture. we don't have time. We don't? No, okay. Madonna is jacking her face on Instagram and jacking her face in real life. I mean, I, I can't help her. I can't figure it out. I mean, <laughs> when you see her in real life, it's very different from her Insta with her filters. You know what I'm saying, Grant? Doesn't look the same. A little different. Definitely a little, a little different. different. But, different. But she's riding with her, her child lover. Yeah. On well, a bike. The story you need to know about, okay. you need to put this on your calendar, Julie. Do you okay. remember when Hollywood Wives, for people who were too young in 1983 to be aware of its impact, but there was a book that came out, Hollywood Wives by Jackie Collins. Of course. That was like basically a fictionalized story of all, and people were trying to guess who the Hollywood Wives yes. were. Like a fictionalized version of real life Hollywood. CNN on June 27th, and it got its premiere last week at the Tribeca Film Festival. The movie is called Lady Boss, the Jackie Collins Story. And it is getting amazing reviews. And just about how much crap Jackie Collins got got for writing, honestly, about women and sex. And Sidney Sheldon and Harold Robbins could write whatever they want. Right. But any women who wrote it. And she really, like, changed things for women in a huge way. So this is, we're going to have to watch it. It's going to be a movie Bob. or a documentary? It's a documentary. Okay. A oh. lively tribute to a woman who played by her own rules. I think, oh, that's going to be great. I think we're going to want to watch this, yeah. I would say so. All right. Okay, everybody. Uh, I was curious this morning. I thought, well, I wonder if ABC will plug their own ABC News um, uh, documentary that they did that's airing on Hulu. Yes. Called um, The Housewife and the Hustler. About Erica Jane and Tom Girardi. And after I watched the little report, Uh I was like, I am going to watch this uh little documentary of an hour and a half 
And you did watch it. I did it. immediately. Immediately. I did immediately. I like... I immediately like switched from ABC. I'm like, I've got to go. Because that's a sensational title. Oh, the housewife and the hustler. hustler. It, it is, and uh-huh. so just it's about the legal problems of Erica Jane Girardi of from Bravo's the, the Real Housewives of uh, Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills and her very famous, very um, what we used to think amazing attorney husband, mm-hmm. um, who is upside down in money and has been stealing from his clients. Yes, and so. Watching it, okay, it opens up. I'm not, I won't tell the whole thing because you got to watch it, but it opens up with a very um, sensationalized reality show feeling. And I thought, is this an ABC News special report? You know, because it's airing on Hulu, but it uh was produced by ABC News. Okay, so first, the first person you see is Danielle Staub from the Real Housewives of New Jersey, the very first year, who has least no credibility, no no credibility. And how why she's there is she and Erica used to work at as a waitress at um, Shakers um, Strip Bar. They were both dancers there. So that's how they know each other. Oh, Lori. they go all yeah. the way back. Yeah, all that. the way back. Okay, okay. So that's why she's there. And then all you right. see. I was wondering why in the world. And I thought, well, she's kind of a grifter herself. Is right? she going to admit some grifting? And and what she said about Erica Jane is kind of like, well, she's she's you know always been fake, pretty much, kind of you know. And then the next Takes person, one to you, know one. <laughs> right? And then the next person you see, and I'm waiting for an ABC News person, is Heather McDonald. And how do we know her? She was good friends with Chelsea Handler. Oh, she and was used, on her panel all the time. All the time. And then those two had a huge falling out. And she wrote a book and she's been on our show. Mm-hmm. Apparently she has a podcast. Okay. So, But she was always kind and funny and nice and real. But so that's our second person we see. Yeah. And I'm like, where's, in where's the ABC News person? Yeah. And then we see this former Beverly Hills housewife who I don't even know or recognize. Was it that Dana Wilkie, the lady? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. So, but we. Really, I think the setup of this whole thing is that because Tom Girardi and Erica Jane, it tells how they hooked up and Matt and out of the blue got married at the golf course kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. But the exposure since Erica Jane has been on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills since 2015, the lavish lifestyle, we have just, and she admits, we have two jets. I'm on a $40,000 a month the Lamb Squad thing. Two jets, one for the smaller, you know, for the local stuff, one, a bigger one to take us farther. And just the extravagance of her lifestyle and how that was so exposed, it, I think, opened up a lot of people who are pissed off at Tom Girardi, who's never paid him their settlement money because he said he's protecting them. They were too young to get the money in the one and case. And that he was investing And that it. he's investing it for them. And I've talked to my friends. We don't think, we think you're too young and you can't handle the money. Well, He's lost all the money. So and blah, did blah, some blah. of the families that he's stolen money from speak up yes, on camera? Yes, and one of the victims from this plane that or this oil pipe that blew up in a neighborhood, and you know, so you do get into that, but it starts out so, so shaky boots, shaky boots. But then, did you think it was good? I think it's gonna. Yeah, I'm about forty minutes in. Can you believe that Erica continued to film this year? No. And so With here's, everything hanging over here's the thing that what did she know? Well, first, Tom had it's like Tom had to make her happy because she wanted to be the star. So before she signed up with Real Housewives, he's having her make these really expensive videos and overproducing and, you know, using his money to support her and her entertainment career. 
career needs. And then she gets the gig, and then that's just all double exposed. And all of her songs are, I'd rather be rich than poor. Being poor stinks. I want to be rich. Uh, let you me know. give you her last hit, How Many Bleeps. Yeah. And really, it, Grant, kind of you would die. Track, Grant, I, I don't know if you're a Housewives fan. I yeah. know you're going to be one because yes. it's part of your mm. job requirement now. Yes. Does your mom watch? Uh, no, my mom does not. But uh, Lily and I just started watching Jersey and oh. OC are the two. And then I'm going to start checking into Beverly Hills. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. Well, I have a feeling that Erica G- Jane is giving a lot of bleeps right now about uh, her husband, Tom Girardi's legal affairs, because even though... Um, this is was a review that I read in like Variety that ABC produced it that they really did want to give a voice to Girardi's alleged victims. Yeah, but she Erica Jane was listed as a secretary for one of his LLCs, and that money on a regular basis was transferred to her company EJ Global, mm-hmm. which funded her lavish dance, lifestyle, her and dance her- Erica Jane right. alter ego. And well, Sonny Hostin, did you see her? She weighed in, but Chris Darden, if you remember him from the OJ Simpsons, Chris, okay. and he kind of said Tom Girardi was always a big, over the top person, would have these extravagant parties that people would come to. Jay Leno would host mm-hmm. them and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, big stuff, but not like the exposure that happened when his wife, Erica Jane, is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Suddenly okay. the whole world knows about this lavish right. exposure versus a small group. And he just said it's not. It's not done this way. I mean, it just looks, it's in such poor taste. So we'll yeah. see what happens. But it's, I kind of was yeah. sucked into it. But yeah. I really, when it started out with Daniel Staub, I'm like, oh, like, oh my, my god. But if the texture of that, because she did go from that New Jersey strip club yep. to somehow deciding to move to L.A. And she met Tom, right? She was a waitress she was a waitress. at a, steak, a nice steak place. Yes. And she's 49 to his 82. Yes. And they've been married for like 25 years. Yes. And speaking, can I just bring up something mm-hmm. about age? Did you see Brian Seacrest's new girlfriend is like 21 and he's 42 or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So he's stepping into the baby pond too. Yeah, well, Julia, here, I'll just, let me be Ryan Seacrest for a second. <laughs> I can put on my 43-year-old man hat. Yes, let's easily. hear it. So the beauty of going out with like a 21, 22, 23-year-old a, they can get into bars. Yeah, they can get into bars, mm-hmm. but B, they don't, they're not going to bug you for what's happening next. They're not going to bug you about a relationship. They're, they're not going to be, babe, they're going to be so happy about the private the jet, else. the Hamptons, the helicopter the ride, handbags, the new followers. Mm-hmm. They don't care. It's, I get it. I get why he's, because he does not want to be in a committed relationship like not that. Not with marriage and kids. Yep. Even okay. though Kelly thinks he's going to. So, I, I, you know, to me, at least, you know, it, it, that, that's why it makes sense. All right, I get for, it. For them, and I can see both sides. Mm-hmm. I can see where she's coming from. If he was a regular 43-year-old guy, hell no. But then, he's, a, but he's, he's, he's riding Seacrest with lots think of, of money. Think of the perks. <laughs> yeah, think of the perks. And then, you right. know, she can uh, have a fun couple of years and then be, uh, be, be gone. Be done. Be done. So, yeah. But yeah, she looks very young, and he's, um, you know. But they both, uh, you know, we, we wish them well. Right. But the right? housewife and the hustler, I think, is going to be people Kinda would like good. it. It's on Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, DVR alert, both of you. If you have any interest, did you guys love the dating game? The old seventies yes. yeah. dating yeah. game. Yeah. Celebrity dating game is back 
tonight. It's I don't know if it's ever it follows been on. the Bachelor. Yeah, it's on ABC. And it's Zoe Deschanel and Michael Bolton. Oh, combo. so we might want to check that out and you know just see. How we like it. Can I, just, I used to love that show. And I, I feel like it was same. on in the afternoon or something. It was after school after or something. School, I did yeah. too, Lori. All right, so here's here's a, from, um, oh, what's his name at um, TV Guide? Matthew. Um, or our old buddy Matt. Yeah, what's his name? Matt. Oh, I can't think of his name. Okay, but here's his sentence about it, okay? The, um, about celebrity dating game? Mm-hmm. Okay, with so much cheese, it could put the lactose intolerant in the emergency room. This goofy retread of the iconic 1960s game show features an alarmingly perky Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. As host. she's joined by a mummified Michael Bolton, <laughs> who occasionally burst into song to give the bachelors behind the walls some musical clues about the mystery celebrity who's asking him questions. In the opener, former Bachelorette and Dancing with the Stars winner Hannah Brown, who's somehow still using TV to find her dates, grills one of the bachelors to the point you can see his flop sweat. Oh my more gosh, success- I can't wait to watch this. I know. I, and more successfully, co- comedian Nicole Byer, she's a nailed it, comes along to ask questions like, if I were a frozen pizza, how would you get me hot? But he goes, but I just loved a mummified Michael Bolton. <laughs> no, I can't wait to I watch know it. it. I know it. I think that's going to be kind of good. It's after The Bachelorette tonight. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I thought, he's got good snarky words there about it. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly also posted for us the uh, morning show season two. It will be coming back to Apple. It's a full length trailer. That show is coming back um, September 17th. Okay, so I don't have to buy Apple Plus till then. That's right, Julia. And uh, so it did finally, you know, anyway, it looks kind of good. So take a look at uh, that if you want to just see it. And it's, uh, you know, the two characters, Reese and... Reese and Jennifer Aniston, their characters as the two TV anchors chatting. I think it looks good. Again, yeah, that was such good. a good TV show. I loved it. Okay. Yes. Oh, man. Well, Lupin. Oh. Lupin, the gentleman thief. If have you now, I'm calling you Rocco. Yeah, All right, Grant. That's okay. Take some time. God, we've had a revolving door here. We, yeah, have. we have. Well, mm-hmm. not for a while now. Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Did you watch the show Lupin on I, Netflix? No, I did not. Okay. Check it out. It's, it's only five episodes the first season and five episodes the second season. I'll look and to at me, it. it feels like they filmed that whole thing and they just chopped it in half. I would agree, Lori. It is so good. So it good. is so Paris. It is so smart. It's it's we're learning conversational. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the show you were talking with Patrick Royce about, yes, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. It's so good. It's kind of James Bond, and it's about this guy who's a fan of a real life French, an author, a character called Lupin, the Gentleman Strangler. It's a real gentleman ser- thief. A gentleman thief. Yeah, wow. not strangler. He doesn't kill. And it's just, it's fabulous. And he's avenging his watch. The first I, I episode, you. and oh, you I, haven't. That, that's all we watch. Oh, I finished it. Yeah, I couldn't. You can't stop. It's that addictive. Yeah, nice. Oh, it's so fun. It's on the list. Yeah, thank you. Another Lupin. one. And then the other one, I guess we got to maybe add is Panic on Amazon. Has anyone watched that? No, no. that already sounds stressful to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just the name, Lori. Yeah. Well, I I want to see it because there's been hype around it, and also. Uh, um, uh, Jack Nicholson's son, Ray, oh. is in panic. What's it about? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. I like the name, and uh, that's about all I know. And, and Jack I know Nicholson's son. And it's Panic, and it's been on Amazon, and there was, like, you know, Twitter, like, blah, blah, blah about it. So anytime, too, there's a son of somebody famous, like Uma and Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, you know, their daughter, yes. uh, Maya Hawke on Stranger Things, and... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Jack Quaid, um, Meg Ryan, and Dennis Quaid's son. He was on at one show and then he was on The Boys, which was on Amazon. And now oh, Ray, Ray Nicholson is hot up. too. Yeah, Yeah. it it looks like it takes place in a small Texas town where every summer the graduating seniors compete in a series of challenges. Winner takes all. They believe that there is one and only chance. It's their one and only chance to escape their circumstances and make their lives better. This sounds a little bit not as panicky as the title gives it. The title is yeah. yeah. Not too bad. Sounds good. And yeah, he's kind of a he's a handsome. People are having a crush on him. I get it. All right. Listen, when we come back, we do have a little bit more TV news, and we also have. A notable, a, a, a life well lived, and also a Hollywood person that uh, everyone knows, even if you don't know his name. Uh, Holly posted for us. Tiffany has three new spokespeople for us this year in Tiffany their ad campaign. That's right. Uh-huh. We have Tracy Ellis Ross. Love. We have Eileen Gu, who I don't know what she we've is. seen her in, but I think she's an actress. Okay. And then. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit. Yes. So that is posted for you. If you're a fan of Tiffany and Company, take a look at the three new faces uh, for well, the it's jewelry. it's kind of fun after knowing from Halston, you know, kind of the history of that one woman. I can't think Elsa Peretti. Yeah, and her history with mm-hmm. Tiffany and how she kind of made it to know a little bit more mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, you, beautiful. Have you ever had anything, Tiffany? Yes, do we? We have a Tiffany. That's right. We do have a Tiffany bracelet. Bracelet from here. Yes, we do. For our 10-year anniversary. Imagine what we're going to get for 20, you guys. Well, if it's as good as 19, I can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I know. Came was, in, I was like, it was hey, crickets. it's your 19th anniversary. Yeah. And, yeah, just... Yeah, <laughs> it's just the only good thing about 19... Uh, is the 20s right around the corner. No, the 19th uh, anything was if you happen to live in a state where the drinking age was 19 right. back there you in go. the day. Not now. Otherwise, the 19th year of marriage, people are like, oh, hum. You know what I mean? It's the one before the big one. No one really... Yeah, eh, you it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. But we thought, you know, even a tweet... <laughs> I don't think we got that. No, we didn't. Yeah, well, believe That's me, right. they're going to pay. <laughs> they're going to pay. We'll right. show them. We don't know what it is. All right, Lori. Yeah. We'll make them pay. We'll make them pay. Okay, so um, this uh, just happened. Ned Beatty, who, versatile character actor, actor um, just amazing in so many, so many movies. He made his uh, debut in Deliverance with Burt Reynolds. And uh, we've got a little audio from um, Joe Fryer at NBC. 
For more than four decades, Ned Beatty lit up screens. This is the most beautiful sight these eyes have ever seen. The enduring character actor had more than 150 movie and TV roles, earning the nickname the busiest actor in Hollywood. Let's bury him. He first got Hollywood's attention with his harrowing performance in the film Deliverance, starring alongside John Voight and Burt Reynolds. I don't want this getting around. Okay? Okay? From there, he didn't stop, appearing in All the President's Men. Can I help you in some way? And Superman. I don't think he wants me to, Mr. Luthor. His remarkable range taking him from homicide life on the street to the animated world of Toy Story 3. She replaced us. Come on. In the 1976 film Network, he delivered a brief but powerful performance. You will atone. The iconic monologue earned him an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Ned Beatty in Network. He often said the supporting role was where he liked to be, appearing on Today in 1986. The person whose face everybody recognized and whose name many might not know. Does that bother you? <laughs> no. No, it can be a whole lot of fun. I can play the worst guy in the world, but unless the audience identifies with you, they're not upset about it when they see you in person. You know? An indelible career from an actor who made his mark on Hollywood. For today, Joe Fryer, NBC News. I mean, he just did so many movies. He, he was, was also Rudy. Lily, Lily Thompson, Tomlin's husband in Robert Altman's movie Nashville. He was John Goodman's father in Roseanne. I he mean, was he would Rudy just show in Rudy. Yeah. He was Rudy's dad. Yes, yes. yes. He, when right. he, that scene that started that out, oh. he like shows his. He's clapping when he goes to watch Rudy play for the first time. That's he starts right. to cry. I always oh. called him Beatty, but it's Beatty. Yeah, I think I called yeah. him. Yeah. But you, he, anyone, you guys would recognize him because yeah. he's his yeah. trademark thing was that you just trust him. You're just like even if like you he said he was a bad guy, but he was 83 years old and really so so many roles, just kind of continually working. Also, passing away is um, actor John Gabriel, who was at the age of 90, and he was nominated for an Emmy for the soap opera. Ryan's Hope, which oh. it's claim to fame. It followed all my children and yeah. had so many people star so in it. So many people. Julianne, no, uh, Mayor. Season Hubley. Helgenberg. I mean, Meg so Hagerman, many people yeah. were on Ryan's Hope, but his, uh, the character he played, and if you look, look up John Gabriel, maybe the greatest soap opera name ever, he played Dr. Seneca Boulay. Oh, but you know, you know, here's something. He uh, was one of the leading men. He was the doctor. He was, he was hot. Yeah, he was hot. He also played the professor in the unaired pilot of Gilligan's Island in 1964. Oh, my word. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the job. He said it was the first time I remember weeping that it didn't go through. Yeah. He also was the sportscaster, Andy Rivers, I guess, on Mary Tyler Moore. That was a, like a reoccurring Aww. thing. But yeah, when you look at him, so he passed away, but... Dr. Seneca Bullet. Yeah. I when Ryan's Hope came on, oh. I'm thinking of the grand, the mom, you know, in her Irish accent. And that was such a big deal. It was on after I we that was a big deal show for us when we were growing up. Yeah. Big deal. For sure. Mm-hmm. And then um uh HBO Max, they were super, super happy with the Friends reunion. It brought more signups for HBO Max than any other Warner Brother movie that premiered on the streaming service in twenty twenty one.
I know people who signed up just for it. Just for it, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, just so that totally worked for them. Mm-hmm. The other little tidbit we got from John Benjamin Hickey last night in the clubhouse was he was asked to rank his, he's worked on every law and order because he lives in New York. Okay. And his favorite to his least, and he said law and order, the original, that was my favorite. My least was law and order criminal intent because the lead guy was such a Who was the lead guy? Dink. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, him. Yes. He seems like he'd be a dink. Is the same age as Sean Penn and his daughter is married to him and she plays the young Smurf on Animal Kingdom on TNT. Yeah, that guy. And he's playing Jerry Falwell in the Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, he is. Sorry, Vincent D'Onofrio. But I guess John Benjamin Hickey said he was just awful to him every single day. He seems like he would be. Vincent? Yeah. I'm so happy I can pronounce his name. Donnie Love would be proud, Grant. Yes. He's, he tried to get us to pronounce, I would call him Donofrio Frio. Right, and, right. Because it's <laughs> D. Donofrio, I finally have it. Nice yep. job. Hey, Was he Lori. ever on Sopranos, Lori? Who? Vincent? Uh, Everyone would recognize this guy. He, he wasn't big the way, he wasn't Sopranos big. He the, yeah, okay. When Spanos was filming. All right. Okay, he got bigger later. I got it. <laughs> okay. All right, well, we'll Thicker, be right I back.